0: Greetings, my intergalactic family. My name's Ricky, and welcome to Ricky's Mysteries and the Supernatural podcast. We'll talk about everything from UFOs to ancient megalithic sites to Bigfoot and the supernatural. We're going to talk about all of it on this podcast. Now let's all hop on the tic-tac and let's take a ride down this interdimensional wormhole. Hi, everyone. And welcome back to Ricky's Mysteries and the Supernatural. Today, I have a very special guest on with us. He's actually one of the inspirations behind Ricky's Mysteries and the Supernatural, along with my father. Uh, today, we have uh, Tony with us. Hey, Tony, how are you today? Good, Ricky.
1: How's it going today?
0: I'm doing great, thank you. So today we are going to start out by talking a little bit about how you became interested in mysterious and supernatural topics, and then uh, we'll go into a little bit of talking about John Keel's strange creatures.
1: Well, uh, what happened was way back in 1970, I was at a Zayers department store with my mom, and I was checking out the books. You see, I've always liked to read, so I was always checking out the paperback books and so forth. So I happened to spy a book with the uh, title of Strange Creatures from Time and Space. I said, "Boy, does that sound interesting!" And not only that, but it had a cover by the legendary fantasy comic book artist Frank Frazetta. I'm not going to get into Frazetta. A lot of people know, will know who he is. He is now deceased, but it was just a spectacular cover. Now, I've had a long, in- long time interest going back to childhood. Back in the 1960s in New York City, I was interested in watching the monster movies that were at that time uh, being released to the television stations. The classic universal horror movies such as Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula, The Wolfman, The Invisible Man, so forth and so on. There's others as well. But those are all very famous and, and all really wonderful movies. I developed a, a keen interest in, uh, in monster movies as a young child, watching these in New York City, as did maybe hundreds of thousands of others and were commonly referred to as the Monster Kids. And I'm certainly one of them. So consequently, this cover by John Keel featured a plethora of of monsters, some of which I was not really familiar with. I had never heard of the Mothman, for example, and the Mothman soars high at the, at the very top of the cover and there's Bigfoot and other creatures all there that are on there too <laughs> so I, I had the, my unsuspecting mom buy me the book it, I forget what the price was I think it was less than a dollar <laughs> and of course I devoured the book I, I couldn't stop reading it. I thought it was fantastic and to this day it remains my favorite book of all time and uh, there's many parts of it that I love of course and I love the way he ends the book you know the, the final couple of lines at the end of the book are just, just fantastic and then after uh, i read the book i started uh, searching for other john Keel books and i found i I would find them on occasion paperback racks throughout at different stores and there's a funny story connected to his book jadu and that is when I, i picked it up like it was a um at an at the, um what do you call it, drugstore. So I, I bring it t- to the lady at the, at the at the cashier, and she looks at me like, what is this kid doing buying this book? <laughs> 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 What's this 12-year-old doing here? <laughs> and uh, I didn't say anything, and I was just purchasing my book. Right. Nothing wrong with the book, by the way. It's, fant- you know, Laura of Kills, fantastic. Uh, really, that's the judo is about his fantastic adventure for us strange creatures, is. is Reporting, his on the scene reporting in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, during the time of the infamous Mothman sightings, he was on the ground there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is amazing you know and uh so anyways uh so I bought Jadu and of course I bought Our Haunted Planet uh, another early release maybe around 71 or so and I read all of those uh in the early 1970s initially when I was a young teenager and um I continued to buy them as I would find them and fairly recently an imprint I forget the name of the imprint they have reprinted John Keel's not only John Keel's books they've compiled and printed them out in book form his his uh, writings, his articles for very, you know, uh, publications. And so I've, I have heard of some of them, though not every single one of them. For example, the big, ba- the, one of them is called The Big Breakthrough, Confronting UFOs, Men in Black, Mothman and Mysterious Humanoids.
2: Yeah.
1: Another one is Searching for the String, Selected Writings by John Keel. Of course, you can find those on Amazon.com. Some of them are quite interesting. The articles are all interesting uh, and intriguing. Some of them are prov. You know, so I've got the uh, the cover here from, from Strange Creatures from Time and Space. What a cover! Do you have the? Uh, I know you have a copy of the book, Ricky. So do you have the reprint with the original cover? Um, do you know with all the all the monsters and the the UFO in the right-hand corner there, and the explorer facing off against a horde of monsters? Is that the cover you have on your copy?
0: Unfortunately, that is not the uh, illustration that I have on my copy. I have what looks like. Um The closest thing I can uh, say is that it's a creature from the Black Lagoon with a kind of (laughs) skull-like face. And um, underneath it's... uh... (laughs) Looks like a desert scene with a little house and a road, and it's okay, uh, no, probably definitely, definitely not, not, not the, the original, original cover. <laughs> That's what I thought.
1: The original cover is just, uh, again, by the master himself, Frank Fosetta, who um, started off in comics back in the 50s and so forth, but he eventually, in the 1960s, started drawing co- uh, painting covers, I should say, for paperback books and also for the uh, the famous uh, horror uh, comics of the 60s and 70s, Creepy, Eerie, and Vampirella. Some of your listeners might might be familiar with those titles they are my favorite horror comics of all time and he drew a lot of fantastic fantastic covers uh painted covers no less mm. for those publications but anyways uh, ricky what what did you do i know you've read the book and uh What did you think
0: of the book? I think it was fantastic. And he dives into so many different topics. Reading John Keel is very easy to read and very, very conversational, you know, Uh, and and actually some of it was pretty humorous, too. But what I meant by that was that he just goes into so many different topics. I mean, he goes from talking about giants to bigfoot to the mothman
1: well different weird things that have Mm -hmm. happened for example the giant footprints of the the footprints of a giant penguin i think off of miami beach if i remember correctly ricky it's been a while since i've read since i last read the book and uh and and just so many other topics uh, that he covers but certainly the the two most enthralling for me were probably uh the mothman which i had never heard of in my life i was quite young and at at that point in time in nineteen. we're talking only a few years after the actual events in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And it was just thrilling to read the accounts of this mysterious creature that was chasing people around. And it wasn't only the, you know, the local people, but, uh, I mean, there were police officers, uh, you know, the common folk, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But police officers, other trained observers. Uh, I think there were some, possibly some people in the mill that had been or were in the military who saw the creature and the... Uh, Uh, commonly was seen in the TNT area. Uh, And, you know, I don't know when they started it up, but they have a a festival every year, Ricky, uh, in Point Pleasant. And uh, they have a statue of of the Mothman. I've seen it, of course, only on screen. I've not been... Uh, I have not been to Point Pleasant. I would love to go, but I have not actually been there. And uh, I would just love to go. And uh, Q, while he was still alive, they took a picture of him. He posed beside the uh, the statue of the Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Oh, wow. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. That entire topic is fascinating. And again, I was thrilled to read that, of course, the topic of Bigfoot. I mean, that was just incredible to me, as you, as you can well imagine. I was not aware of this creature that was roaming the walls of the United States really worldwide, but uh, it was just enthralling. And I remember writing to an organization in the back of the original book, there were addresses to correspond with different organizations that were looking into these uh, strange sightings. And I wrote to one that was tied into Bigfoot. I think it was started by Roger Patterson. Now, uh, many of your listeners will recognize that name, you know, Patterson, the Patterson. It's now called the Patterson-Gimlin film. Uh, But when I was young, it, it just used to be called the Patterson film. Mm-hmm. at that point I hadn't yet seen it and so I wrote to them you know my childhood uh scratch you know I didn't have very good handwriting I'm, I'm sorry to say I wrote to them but I never heard back <laughs> they probably thought I was a prank or something you know <laughs> but I did write to them but <laughs> I never heard back and Mr. Patterson died um uh, died of cancer back in the early 70s but the book was just uh it remains, as I said, to this day, my favorite book of all time.
0: You know, uh, that reminds me, we actually met the living legend uh, Bob Gimlin at AlienCon in 2018. Remember?
1: We most certainly did, and the uh, I've been fortunate enough to see him three times, Ricky. Oh. Okay. The first time I saw him, I've seen him twice at the Bigfoot Bigfoot Museum in North Georgia. Expedition Bigfoot is the name of the uh, of the museum. it's in uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia and so he's been there twice that i know of and in both instances i was there and uh, the first time i was just you know over the moon to see him i remember i said to him you know what a thrill but it was a great thrill for me to meet him after all these years you know and he uh, he said well it's a great thrill for me to meet you
0: Yeah, it's exactly the same <laughs> thing he said to me
1: yeah yeah he's he's a very personable a very nice gentleman so i've seen him three times um 2016 at the uh, at the museum in blue ridge georgia at the bigfoot museum he was there signing and so uh i brought, i have a copy ricky hmm. of roger patterson's bigfoot book it's kind of a rare item i have a i have a second edition of the uh, of the book Hmm. And I think it's—I know it—I know it's been reprinted, but I don't know if it's still in print. Anyways, I brought it to him. He was there with other people, by the way. There were other Bigfoot researchers there that day. There were several of them. And I bought a book from someone else. But anyways, he was there, and I asked him if he could sign this book for me because he hadn't written the book, but it's all about his, the famous sighting that he and Roger had. And he was gracious enough to, in fact, sign the book for me. So I have Roger Patterson's book in. Really nice condition, by the way. It's a very old book, as you can well imagine, Ricky. Yeah. I think Patterson died around circa 1972 or so. And so, nonetheless, it's, you know... It tells us, well, it has a variety of Bigfoot sightings and so forth. It's a it's a very good book, actually. I didn't know what to expect. But anyways, I read it years ago, and I brought it to him, and he signed it for me. I was thrilled, thrilled. You, you can't imagine the thrill it was to have him sign it for me and post for pictures and so forth. Now, the very last time I saw him, he's still alive, by the way, was in 2019. This is pre-pandemic. Right. August of 2019, he appeared again at the museum. <laughs> Uh, he he came with some friends. Some friends drove him from Washington State, I believe it was. I think that was the case in 2016. And then he was there, and he had basically what I would call, a, you know, at, at a convention, a, a panel. He would he got up there and spoke about. <clears throat> that day you know what they saw how they reacted and the horses we all know the story and then he took questions from the audience so you know that i had never been in that type of scenario with him when we met him at the 2018 alien uh con out there in uh, pasadena what was shocking to me was that he was not a guest that man was an unannounced you know he was there with some big footers from washington who brought him down remember Yep. and so there he was sitting quietly at the table i almost had a heart attack when i saw him <laughs> I, said, I said look who it is you know and not only that he's not a guest at this convention I... so he was sitting quietly a lot of people might not have even known who this man was, you know. Of course, I had met him once previously. I well knew who he was, and we all got to meet him. He posed for pictures. If you remember at that convention, they weren't—they weren't letting the guests, the convention goers, uh, take pictures with the guests or take pictures of the guests. You remember that, right? it was insane mm-hmm. I enjoyed the convention very much don't get me wrong but that was just I've never seen anything like it I've been to a lot of conventions of my time Ricky including science fiction conventions comic mm-hmm. book
0: conventions yeah.
1: horror conventions I've been to them all I have never seen that you know I've never seen that kind of repression at a convention that, 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 that I you know that <laughs> was ongoing that day fortunately for us he was not a guest so he was a you know he was able to pose the, with us for pictures as you will remember
0: Long ago, my father said that when you and him went to uh, uh, another UFO conference.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, that was a conference in Minneapolis back in 2012. Right. That the, was like an ancient alien, though. The entire crew was there from ancient aliens. It was tremendous. Right, it's and, really the greatest conference I've ever been to. By the way, the greatest of them all was that conference in 2012 in Minneapolis. What did your dad say to you?
0: He said that at that time that they were, every single one of those guys was approachable. and that oh, you yes. And that you could talk to them and take pictures and, uh, you know, and it was a completely different experience.
1: Absolutely correct. Uh, you could take their pictures, they posed for you. I mean, it was, it was just tremendous. Uh, I have pictures uh, with all of them really, uh, I think just about all of them. the The main one I wanted was, of course, legendary uh, Eric Von All right. And so I brought. Uh, they had a book signing. This is at the Minneapolis convention. He was at our convention too in 2012. And so I had your father take a picture of me with uh, Von Donican, and he signed a book of his for me. He put for Tony, you know, and then he signed Eric Von Donican. So. It was a great thrill to see him and attend his uh, panel at that conference. And again, that remains to this day my favorite uh, conference uh, of all time. And I've been to a number of them over the over the decades, Ricky. Uh, another special guest that was there that was at the uh, Alien Convo, I didn't really get to interact with her at 2018, but in 2012 I did. And that was Linda Moulton Howe, one of my two favorite ufologists on planet Earth. <laughs> And a uh, tremendous thrill. I told her, you know, that it was just a great thrill for me to, to meet her in person, that I was, uh, you know, a devoted fan of her <laughs> all this other stuff. You know, like a real fanboy at the comic book conventions, for example. And she, uh, she took it very well, to say the least, you know, and uh, your, your father pictures of that encounter when i initially met her and shook her hand and so forth and she was you know she was very happy to meet me and uh, very pleasant and uh, her books are uh, very fascinating ricky you know linda moulton howe's books i think are back in print and uh, her books deal with the cattle mutilations that have been ongoing uh, right. since the 1960s in the united states and so she was a reporter and uh out west i forget what i think it might have been called Colorado, but I'm not sure, Ricky. She covered the, uh, one of the initial, I think the first animal that was mutilated, that's found mutilated was a, uh, I seem to think it was a horse by the name of Snippy or Skippy or something like that. Anyways, it evolved from that and uh, there's, uh, she has several books that she wrote on the topic that are extremely fascinating. That's all I can tell you. And uh, I've got them all. (laughs) That goes without (laughs) (laughs) saying that I've got them all in my uh, my vast library. But she, uh, she's one of the best. And she has her own website as well. You have to pay, you know, to to uh, access the really good stuff, <laughs> shall right. we say? And uh, but she's great, and we were fortunate enough to see her in 2018, as you were. You know, you were there with us, of course. Yeah. Was that your first conference or convention, Ricky?
0: Yeah, that was actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been to a number of them going back, stretching back to 1988. That was my first UFO uh, conference in Cleveland, Ohio. And ah. I went with an old friend of mine to that one. We had a blast. We just had a great time. And uh, it's an old-timey ufologists, several of which are now deceased, you know. Mm-hmm. But they were there at that convention. But uh, but, anyways, those are memories from the past.
0: Do you remember off pan maybe some of the ones that were there that you remember?
1: Well, um, I'm trying to remember his last name. Timothy, there was a, a long time ufologist. He also had a small small press, I guess you could say, where he would publish his uh, you know some of his writings uh, concerning the uh, the UFO field. I, I, uh, Timothy Beckley, that's that's the name. So Timothy Beckley was there at that conference of the 1988. That was a national UFO conference, by the way. It was a yearly UFO conference that was held for many years, and but no longer. You know and that's no longer the case. Uh, I found out about it in a publication put out by Jim Mosley. Uh, Mosley was an old time just from way back when and he would put out a publication at the time it was entitled saucer smear and then he would have non-subscribers like myself that's what he called us and uh, so he would have people write in and he would you know talk about different aspects of the uh of UFOs and so forth going about, he, you know, going over the years that he had experienced and so forth. He knew just about everybody in the field. So Jim was there at, uh, at the conference, but Timothy uh, Green Beckley, he he won the uh, Ufologist of the Year award that year. That, that's what they presented him with at that conference. And so that was, a, I'm sure it was a great thrill for him. I would see him one more time at a conference that Jim put a, a conference on in Miami Beach. I think it was in 1990. And he asked for my help. He asked me to be like Isaiah with the local media to send to alert them you to send letters to them and so forth this this thing that he had a uh, flyer or some kind that he had uh, this is pre-internet, by the way so I sent them to them and uh, we did have some TV coverage at, at the Miami Beach conference it was a national UFO conference as well Timothy Green Beckley was there too he looked like uh, like a rock star when I when I saw him the way he was dressed you know mm-hmm i thought man this guy looks like a rock star and uh, so anyways he was you know he was a nice person they were—they all were and uh, it was a good conference it, not as well attended as 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 they had hoped to uh, to have you know but anyways they're all interesting and you always find uh, all sorts of interesting stories i had one lady for example i was taking calls from people too by the way so mm. On my home phone. <laughs> oh, wow. So this lady calls. She goes, listen, I live down in, uh, in Washington state and we had a uh, we had a cabin or a house in the woods. I forget which. And she said to me that they had a disc land in very close proximity to their house. So they, I think they saw the thing come down. They were terrified. But what happened? She didn't tell me. She didn't go into great detail. But what she did tell me is that when the thing landed, all the windows in her house were blasted out. Wow! Uh, all the I guess all the windows in front of the house. I, I presume. I don't remember. Uh, she didn't tell me that all the windows all over, all the way around the house, but the ones in front of the house were blasted out when that thing landed. And uh, but she didn't. I don't remember any other details that she shared with me. I was just flabbergasted when she said that. To to him i said holy cow imagine going through something like that and seeing that you know mm-hmm. so it's just incredible but uh anyways a lot of nice people a lot of interesting people that i met and you'll always meet at these conferences i'm glad we all got to go together ricky and i, I wish we could continue to do so but uh, you know no one's won the lotto yet you know <laughs> so Try we might.
0: (laughs) Well, hopefully, hopefully, in the near future, we'll be able to do that again because I really enjoyed it too. I think that was such a great time.
1: It was fantastic. I agree with you.
0: It was neat to be a part of that, you know, with fellow enthusiasts and people who are into the same subjects. I I love all these topics because I grew up around it. I know my father loved it. Right. And um, it was interesting because where I'm originally from is a very conservative kind of place. So, you know, talking about the those kinds of subjects, people are very, you know, they uh, kind of make fun of it or whoever talks about it is kind of kooky and this and that. And that—and and so I kind of kept it to myself most, right. most of my life. But, um, you know, like I said before, uh, being around you and dad helped continue my interest in it, you know, and while I didn't talk to anyone about it, I was still behind the scenes. I was going on YouTube and at that time you could still find very interesting and compelling videos online. And I remember once you had brought, which to this day I think is the most compelling presentations I've ever seen in my life, which was an International UFO Congress presentation by Jaime Maussan and uh, Santiago Garza and some of the videos that i saw presentation to this day i'm completely floored by it um yes. and that after that i was really i had always been very interested in it but that when i saw that it was almost like you know I, I was convinced that this was real uh that it was no longer these hoaxed videos that it was no longer cgi that these are actual people who were going out there and capturing this on their video cameras, you know? And, and, and luckily, Jaime Maussan had a network of the sky watchers who had video camera in hand to capture these things, right. you know, because he was a very famous journalist in Mexico, right? He very respected journalist yes, in Mexico.
1: Uh, I- Correct. Uh, I heard him referred to once as the. He was a host of a program. I don't know if he still is, and he was referred to as the 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 show was referred to as the equivalent of 60 Minutes in Mexico. But uh, yeah, that's great stuff. I agree. His his uh, his videos were incredible, taken by all sorts of different people out on you know out and about, capturing these incredible videos. Of course, you know there's a program that's out there now, Ricky. I don't know if you ever watch it. Uh, UFOs caught on. Uh, um, tape I think is the t- is the title of it no not you paranormal paranormal caught on uh, on tape I believe it is or on camera I forget which Ricky normally it airs on on Sunday nights and so they have amazing and astounding footage from all over the world I don't know have you ever seen it by any chance
0: I think I have seen that show um
1: yes yes uh just incredible footage Uh the cryptid footage uh is a Especially, just astounding and some of it—it's just blown my mind. You know what I'm seeing? This guy—I don't think it was in Indonesia. He was he's out in the, in the middle of nowhere on a dirt road riding the bike this is a tourist uh with another guy and i don't know if you saw it and uh you know happy happy go lucky they're they're riding their bicycle and uh, one of them has a uh, a camera must have been the lead guy had a camera on his on his hat on his hard hat and uh so they come to a point i think they heard something unusual and the camera catches this creature uh it's hard to tell you what the creature is looks like it's like something out of a uh, an old science fiction movie it's got a big head has enormous hands like cl- almost claw-like hands and one of the hands is, is in front of it the creature is is camouflaged by the trees behind it but yet you can see it but it's well camouflaged so when he sees it, the creature then dips down goes down so he takes his bike and goes around to try to find it along with his friend but no they, they never did find it uh they didn't see it again but it was just incredible footage. Uh, some of the most astounding and compelling fo- footage that I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, so you never know what, what's going to come up on that uh, on that program. It's really great stuff. I highly recommend it to uh, to you and and your listeners.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go back and see if I can find some of the episodes and check it out to see uh, if I can find exactly what you saw. Now, this was. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not to be missed yeah. because that's, that's a true unknown, you know. I don't. There's no telling what that creature is, but there was alive and well, and it ducked down. I realized these people were coming, and it was well camouflaged too, which is just incredible. It's just great stuff. So much of that that goes on, and you mentioned the people, for example, will say, "Well, you're kooky," you know, "you're a kooky guy. You're interested in these topics." That's funny because. They might think that until the day they have their own experience. And a lot of people do, and they keep it quiet. I had a lady that I used to work with who found out of my interest in Bigfoot, so she approached me one day. She said, hey, Tony, I understand you're interested in this topic. I said, yes, I am. And she said to me, well, let me share with you my uh, my experience. I said, please do. And this takes place in Homestead, which is south of Miami, back in the, uh, I guess in the 1970s when she was a child. She and her family were living down there. There had been sightings of Bigfoot-type creatures. She didn't get into into that too much, but apparently people had seen them in that area. So one night, her father and her are in the car. Her father, of course, is driving. She's a child. And they see a incredibly large being standing off to the side of the road she said it was exceedingly tall she was terrified what it was is one of these creatures that some of the local people had you know had seen and so the creature cro- crossed the road in front of them and went on its way many of the class many of the sightings uh, uh, attached to Bigfoot have been that way and' been brief sightings a creature crossing the street or something along those lines it's not uncommon but she said to me and Tony she said to me to this day, I am terrified of very tall people Wow! because, yes, she was traumatized by the sighting of this monstrous creature, Uh, you know, a giant, a literal giant, an unknown literal giant creature crossing the road in front of them. She was traumatized. Obviously, she didn't say that. She didn't use that word, but obviously that's what happened. She was traumatized by the sighting. I found that so fascinating. I thanked her profusely for sharing that, you know, that sighting with me. I had another similar experience years ago with another friend of mine who found out this is uh, in a different city uh, of my interest in UFOs. So he shared with me something his mother-in-law had seen. Again, I'm not going to mention any names or the school and in, in, uh, in close proximity to this, but this lady worked at a cafeteria at a well-known university uh, in Florida. Let's put it that way. And so she had no interest in any of this stuff you know none this is all balderash to her no doubt it was and so she's on her way to work one morning going down an avenue and off in the distance she sees a light on the ground she thought that it was an overturned truck Hmm. in the middle of the street this is a well-populated area by the way and a well-traveled area as well so she got closer to this light thinking well let's see if someone's hurt maybe they need help you know it's a truck that's overturned no doubt what else could it be but as she approaches the light the thing starts to lift off the ground and finally goes up into the sky now he didn't tell me the dimensions of the thing but remember she thought it was a truck that was overturned wow. consequently this was not a small light now this sighting takes place i don't know it was in the 80s well uh, he told me about the sighting in the 1980s so it either took place in the 1980s or sometime in the 1970s i said wow what a what an incredible thing to see and so of course she shared it with her family but i'm sure more than likely she didn't share it with anybody else because of the you know as he mentioned the kook factor they'll think well what's he talking about you know right and uh you know and it's it's really it's really terrible of course you know it's it's become more acceptable nowadays a lot of people have seen these things they've seen the images on tv over the years so they know that this stuff is not made up or in some cases they've had their own experiences so those are two the two best ones i heard another fantastic story at the bigfoot museum just fantastic <laughs> but you know i don't i don't want to take up all the time talking about it i know you want to talk about different topics and so forth
0: so. no you can go ahead and go ahead and share that one I, Walter
1: and i were uh, at the at the bigfoot museum in blue ridge before the pandemic they've had a number of uh, well-known bigfooters you know these are people out on the field and so forth so uh one of the most famous ones that they had was cliff from uh the TV show Finding Bigfoot. Anyways, Cliff has been there more than once. Bobo was there with Cliff also, and I saw them both at uh, at a convention, but not not at the museum. I saw Cliff at the museum, but not not both of them together when they were there. So, anyways, Cliff gave his presentation that night. It was on uh, Bigfoot uh, casts. You know, the casts of the footprints. It was very interesting, very well done. Cliff is running a uh, museum out west, by the way, Uh, Bigfoot Museum. That is. So, but I don't think it was open. at that point in time. I asked him, <clears throat> I'll get to the uh, the sighting from a uh, man in the audience in a minute, but I asked him, what about the uh, UFOs and Bigfoot connection? I asked him. <laughs> he said, well, you know, what they, what is seen sometimes, and indeed, this has been caught on videotape, for goodness sake, on Expedition Bigfoot, the, uh, you know, the, the series that's been on, that's been on for two seasons. We're waiting for season three this year. I know they went to Alaska. I can't wait for that to start airing. That's most CTV, my friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that is the um, the situation where, where there's Bigfoot sightings, there's also lights. They're all li- anomalous lights that shouldn't be there. Sometimes they're up in the trees, you know, up, up or up in the sky or, and so forth. And he says that they, they had seen lights at times. And again, this is not uncommon with Bigfoot. And so I said, OK, well, it's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So anyways, when that wound down, they had a, a guest. Uh, one of the people that was there, it wasn't formally a guest. He was in the audience, I should say. So he related his story. Uh, he lives in, the, or he used to live in DeKalb County. And this is close to, uh, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember the name of the shopping center. But anyways, this is back in the early 70s. There was a, like a nature preserve in close proximity to this this mall. And so, so he was there, he was walking through it one time as a child. And uh, I don't know how old he was, maybe 10 or 12 years old when this happened. And he heard something coming, you know, he heard something that was coming up the trail he couldn't see it initially he didn't know what it was couldn't figure out what it might be now this park i guess it was some kind of a nature park uh, from the way he referred to it it may be long gone and uh, but there was parking you know there were cars parked but not real close to where he was so he suddenly sees this enormous creature which we would refer to as a bigfoot come over the hill heading towards him he took off he was terrified at what he saw he said and he takes off running the creature caught him from behind the creature's hand his fingers extended onto his chest probably to his uh, the middle the mid portion of his abdomen i mean they were really really long the creature grabbed him and threw him in the air he says that he says he was flying through the air he was revolving around and around as he flew through the air. And then he landed with a thud. He said that right after the creature did this, it was an enormous creature, a very tall, hairy creature. You can imagine the fear, the terror that he must have felt. I can't even begin to imagine myself in that situation at that age. So he says that after that happened, there was a car that was parked in the parking lot, not real close, but the, the car had its lights on or it shined its lights that way. And when it did so, the creature took off. So he immediately went and told his parents. They called the police, and so they went out there and they did find some prints uh, at this uh, little nature preserve. It wasn't very large, obviously. With the fact that, given the fact that the car was um, not too far away from where he saw this thing, well, this was a long time ago. There's been a lot of development since then. He said that they lifted up his shirt and they saw all the scratches. The thing had when it had grabbed him with its nails and so forth. Even though he had a shirt, a t-shirt on or a shirt, you know it. Had have scratched his skin when it grabbed them and tossed him in the air and so uh, so they had that as evidence not to mention the tracks but no they didn't see the creature that night if it was if it was me all I can tell you is they would have had a hard time getting me to go back to that place as a child that had happened to me on that very same night right you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: it would have been I would say a mission impossible for me to get me back out there that night Cause I, you know because uh, it's just one of the most spectacular events that I've ever heard of and he, he was there in the audience that night, and uh, I'll never forget it. My daughter was there with me, too, that night to uh, to see Cliff, and then she, of course, we all listened to that amazing story. So the museum is just wonderful. The owners are just the most the nicest people you, you can possibly imagine. It's a smallish museum, you know, but it's well worth anybody's time, and they have a bookstore and so forth. So I haven't been there in a little while now due to the pandemic and, and so forth. I haven't been there in a bit, but I, I fully intend to go back fairly soon and I've been meaning to go back again for another visit. And uh, the last time I was there actually was when uh, the third time that I saw the gentleman we were discussing earlier, you know, um, Mr. Gimlin. So, uh, But it was quite, quite spectacular, and I was very pleased to have him share that. I'm glad he shared it with us that night in a group of strangers. So my point is that people will say, well, it's kooky and all this other stuff until they themselves possibly will see something that they never thought. They never imagined that they would see. A lot of people, I see this, they say they use those terms. I never thought this would happen to me. I never thought I would see anything like this. Mm-hmm. I I was watching a uh, another fantastic show that's in reruns now. Uh, haunted hospitals and the paranormal 911.
0: Oh it's yeah, great stuff. Oh, great paranormal stuff. paranormal 911. That's that's hair raising.
1: Yeah, fantastic stuff. Well, there was one paranormal 911 that took place here in the state I live in, and the the officer uh, was called. This is in a rural area in Georgia. Was called out by an old man who was having some unusual creature activity, shall we say? <laughs> I'm not going to get into all the details of that, but <laughs> very fascinating. The guy. <laughs> Wrote a book he's a retired officer now, and he actually wrote a book after way after I saw that. And of course, I bought it. I, I, I saw that it was featured, I guess, on Expedition Bigfoot's Facebook page, and I, that's where I saw the book. And really, really fascinating stuff. There were details that were not quite accurate in the uh, depiction on TV, but still very fascinating. But the reason I brought up those two TV shows it's just the other night, this lady and her family moved into uh, housing at a university when she took a job there decades ago. When When her daughter was a child, this is decades ago, probably two, three decades ago, she said the beginning, she goes, Oh, well, I was never interested in in the paranormal or anything like that. Like it was, you know, almost beneath her to have an interest in, in such a scandalous topic, if you will. Until the events that they went through in that house, the house was haunted. Right. And so, you know, and they experienced, they even saw the ghost. The ghost terrified her daughter. And even the the, the husband was on the show, too, separately from her. So he even appeared. The daughter did not appear. The, the daughter was deeply traumatized by the events of what they saw and they heard inside that house. So, you know, that's what I think of. I'll, I'll always think of, that, oh, I'm not into, I was never interested in such a thing. How could You know, it would be unthinkable of someone like me to be interested in such topics. Well... There you go. (laughs) Guess what? You know, it's true. (laughs) <laughs> guess what it's all true yeah. yes there are ghosts yes there are ufos and yes there are cryptids most notably and most famously bigfoot now if people don't want to believe it well it's entirely up to them they're entitled to their belief you know to their opinion right misguided or uninformed as it may be mm-hmm. you know that's no problem but uh yeah i i really really i relate to that the the kooky thing that you mentioned earlier you know
0: Yeah, it was just having, you know, it was just having been raised in a very conservative place where I didn't feel comfortable talking about it with anyone except you guys. You know, I remember you had recommended to me uh, a bunch of great books. In fact, I think Strange Creatures from Time and Space was one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, And I remember there was another one that was like an encyclopedia of all the different cryptids and uh, creatures. It was like an, almost like an encyclopedia, which is a fascinating book. I wish I would remember the name of it right now, but I can't. And you know, just having been exposed to all these things that I had seen in, uh, on YouTube in its, in, in its infancy, because YouTube is actually a lot different now than it used to be. Uh, now, if you search for or try to search for the same things that I used to search for, they won't even come up anymore. Like For example, um, some of the most compelling footage that I ever saw of UFOs or the UFO phenomena were the uh, NASA uh, space shuttle mission videos, which were actually right. filmed by NASA. All sorts of very interesting things. In fact, I remember um, one of the ones that uh, was most memorable to me is the uh, STS-115 incident. It was uh, space shuttle Atlantis and uh, they actually canceled a uh, landing because three objects had shown up now this was filmed by nasa cameras you can find it online uh it was all over the news and then you know of course they debunk it and say it was just ice particles or you know something that had come out of the payload bay but when you see this video you see three the classic you know i don't know if you've seen the white orbs um, of course you have. You've seen the you know, ones that Jaime Masan, you know, yes. the Skywatchers have filmed. Well, it was three of those in a triangle formation. It had to have been something for NASA to have cancelled the reentry. But anyway, uh, case in point, I just, I, that, those videos became very compelling for me. And then, of course, I would I would research more into the sky watchers and the the famous flotillas in Mexico, I found that fascinating. I I found the the witch, or la bruja, as they say, I remember. um, Oh, yes. You know, and that has resurfaced uh, recently on the internet. People call it, now they call it the metapod, and uh, some people have filmed something very similar to what that, you know, that video is very old now, la bruja, but I had always really wanted to see something and it it took until the summer of 2013 of living in new york city of all places to finally have seen something that i without a doubt consider to be a ufo and i like the term ufo so i I think my father would agree i don't like how they've changed it to uap (laughs) i like to i like to (laughs) i like to stick to the classic ufo because that's really what it is so you know having had that experience and having had Several others since then, then that, I, you know, I'm going to share in uh, subsequent episodes has so just really opened my eyes to uh, more to the subject. And, of course, you know, having gone uh, with you and dad to AlienCon in Pasadena, that was such a great experience. It was. Uh, that led to other things. I think you had mentioned that the Stone Chambers existed here in uh you know the hudson valley which i had no idea and uh started looking into that and i'm absolutely fascinated by that and that will be in another episode but that that is one of the most intriguing things that i've ever seen and i don't know i remember you had mentioned that you've been up to new hampshire now did you have a chance to go to the america stonehenge when you're up there
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I visited my friend Bobby twice in 1990. She was living uh, initially in Portsmouth. No, not Portsmouth. Portsmouth was the second place I visited her at uh, Concord. She. My first visit was in Concord, New Hampshire, and then my second visit was to her. Uh, to visit her was in Portsmouth. So we had to, you know various. We're friends from high school. So we went on various adventures. You know, we we would take her car and off we go. Uh, so one of the places we went to, and I think it was one on the second trip, was. America Stonehenge yes it was very fascinating and uh, the famous horror writer H.P. Lovecraft uh, visited the place way back when you know in the 1930s or 20s when he was alive when he was still around and uh, so uh, anyways I, I found it very intriguing as a matter of fact I hope to visit them again uh, and uh, I want I told her I want she's married now and uh, and I hope she and her husband are able to uh, to take me back there another place I want to visit up there by the way the uh, state. Is it New Hampshire? The the famous uh, couple that was abducted, uh, Betty and Barney Hill, Correct. they've erected a, a um, what do you call it, a sign, like a historical sign, uh, at the place, I guess... more or less when they first saw the the ufo it's one of the classic encounters close encounters of the third kind and of the worst kind of course because they were abducted against their will taken on board the ship and so forth and uh, they performed experiments on them and so forth it was just terrible and awful but i'd like to visit and and take uh, pictures of me by the sign and take a picture of the sign the historical sign that, uh, that was erected in uh, in New Hampshire, it's up in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. So, um, but yes, I've been to America Stonehenge, Ricky. Have you been there?
0: No, I haven't actually. And whenever, if you ever want to go up uh, and see the Betty and Barney Hill Historic Landmark, I'd definitely go with you. So, but but yeah, I,
2: that'd I, be a great. Uh, (laughs) That'd
1: be a great place to visit, I tell you. I'm very interested in in, in seeing that. On my two trips to my friend, she's a book lover like me. So we went to, you know, various, you know, bookstores. We went to Salem, by the way, Massachusetts. Right. (laughs) And uh, we went to the, you know, various sites like that, historical sites and so forth. She's a big history buff too. So, uh, but anyways, it was a lot of fun. Those were my two trips. And then I visited her and her husband in 2012 in May. That was a lot of fun too. We had a lot of fun. So uh, I love to travel when I can, of course. And uh, there's lots to see. Listen, I do want to bring to your attention and to the attention of your listeners as well, a series of books written by someone who you might want to try to contact to see if she'll be on your program. Her name is RDA r-d-y six killer clark c-l-a-r-k-e r-d six killer clark miss clark is a retired professor she is of native american heritage so she has written a series of books that the stories in them will blow your brains sky high mm. what happened was that she of course being a native american has acts has her books specialized in that topic it, Asking people, you know, in the reservations and so forth, for example, here in the United States. though so she also did uh, research in Central America, Mexico, Guatemala, and so forth. And so she, you know, she presents their stories. The stories that these folks relate to her, and these are stories that they don't share with anybody all right you have to understand she herself is a a fellow native american so they're they're open and willing to talk to her about the incredible things that they've seen and experienced i mean incredible ricky i'm not exaggerating in the least Mm -hmm. when i tell you this so i highly recommend all of her books The last book that came out a few years ago came out after she had had some type of heart surgery, and I was mortified when I read that. I thought this could be her finale, you know? So she's written several books. You can find them on Amazon.com. Just type in her name. Again, I highly recommend it to anybody interested in UFOs. You'll never read anything like it, you know? And some of them are absolutely terrifying, the implications thereof. Wow. So I highly recommend Artie Sixkiller-Professor, Artie Sixkiller-Clark's books. If you haven't read one, get one. You will not regret it, I promise you. And you'll want to read all the rest of her books
0: wow I'm definitely gonna check that out
1: don't miss it Ricky don't miss it and hopefully the books are still in print I don't know I' have got them all already you know I bought the first one I said holy cow you know, <laughs> is this lady gonna bring out more books she did <laughs> and uh, you know as soon as they come out I buy it I don't waste time I buy it my great fear is it'll go out of print you know yeah so I don't waste time generally speaking I can't buy everything I want Ricky but these books yes you know I just scooped <laughs> them right up and they just incredible stuff I promise I promise you, you will not be disappointed.
0: I'm really looking forward to it, actually and uh, and anything that anything that you recommend i've enjoyed so i can't wait <laughs>
1: well this is not to be missed. trust me when i tell you and i say that to your listeners as well get one of her books any one of them they're just incredible and again the one that she also delves into the sightings in central america the things that the people have seen this is you know probably they've kept it to themselves all their lives because of the factor you brought up earlier well the kooky factor you know possibly well who's going to believe it What are they going to say about me? You know, that kind of thing. Right. But they opened up to her, and they shared their experiences. The Native Americans, her fellow Native Americans in this country and other indigenous people, for example, in Mexico and Central America, shared their astounding experiences, close encounter experiences, Ricky, of the third kind, Ricky. Wow. Just mind-blowing. It will blow your brains out of your skull, I guarantee it.
0: Wow. Can't, oh, Don't gonna, miss
1: it, Ricky. Don't
0: miss it. <laughs> as soon as soon as, uh, <laughs> as soon as I can, I'm gonna start uh, <laughs> looking that, through Ricky. Amazon. <laughs> I'm not gonna waste any time. Not oh sir. my no, God! I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't trust me.
0: It's like so much I want to talk about. You have no idea. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so little time. But I'm sure you know. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we can have you back. At some point, so we can talk well, about I'll all it'll be up to
1: things. you, Ricky. You know, I'm entirely up oh, to you. Oh, you
0: can be on every single time. You know, you can be my co-host if you like. I mean, that I'll I'll throw that out there <laughs> if you want. And we can be, and you can, uh, you know, if you, if I ever have any uh, guests on, you can be on there and commentate. Uh, I'd love to have you. You know, I, 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 uh, I know that. You wouldn't say this, but, you know, I I know that you are tremendously knowledgeable on all these things and probably know more than anyone else that is even on TV or write about, knows about. And, um, I'm just, uh. And any, every time I hear you talk about any one of these subjects, especially Bigfoot, I I am just so impressed by just all the details and everything about it, and uh, it makes me wanna, you know, just like you talking about this author, I just want to go out and grab these books right now and read them because oh, I know don't what I, that, for I, can a even, I can't I can't even hesitate. imagine. get
2: them quickly.
0: What's in store for me when I check that out? You know, what I wanted to ask you was so out of all these... Different mysterious things, and be it su- you know, mysterious, supernatural, paranormal. Is there anything that you? Do you just like all of them, all of the different things, or is there anything specific that you like, or maybe even something? I mean, maybe these are different. These are several different questions I'm trying to roll into one. But is there anything in particular that you're more, um, I don't know, that that you like the most, or that you're most uh, interested in, or something that's um, really, you know, giving you more questions and answers when it comes to all these different things? And would you want to? Would you? Would you mind sharing that with us?
1: Well, as far as, you know, these topics are all fall, all fall under the category of 14 topics, right. and uh, as you know... And we know, of course, we we talked about Charles Ford earlier. I consider myself a 14 in the sense that I'm interested in all of them. The three, I would say, the the big three is the ones I'm most keenly interested in. Now, Ford also talked about, for example, rainfalls of fish. Now, that stuff happens to this very day. I see articles on occasion on the Drudge Report and other places of fish falling from the sky during a storm. This is nothing new. It's very fascinating, I will admit to you. And, you know, I, I like reading the different theories that people postulate for this, but the only problem is that the fish are usually the same type of fish and the same size. How could that be? Mm. Well, you know, the uh, the storm picked it up and dumped it. A tornado picked it up and dumped it. Okay, well, then you should have a multiplicity of, of fish uh, available there, you know. On other other uh, dentists right <laughs> of the lakes or rivers from which they came from right not just this one fish the same size and the same you know same kind generally speaking that's the case so my big three are bigfoot ufos and ghosts that's my big three okay i am keenly fascinated by all three okay you know and uh to no end <laughs> and uh, so i read uh as I can, I read. Yeah, but I, I, you have to understand, Ricky. I, I not only not only read on those topics, but I read other stuff too. I'm a longtime comic book collector, for example. Right. I, I also like to read books on history. I love military history and World War II and Civil War, especially so. But I love other military to read about other military conflicts, World War One as well. And there's other conflicts that I'd like to that I just don't have the time. You know, I wish I I, I could just spend all my time reading, but that's <laughs> not humanly possible. Of course. (laughs) course, but, uh, so, you know, my point is that though i read a lot on these topics I, there's other things i like i also like fici- fictional ghost stories for example right and uh you know I've, loved, I've been reading those since i was a young kid when i when i came upon my first books at the uh, at the local <laughs> you know, Right. the two compilations i bought there on two separate trips have a trove of some of the most fantastic some of the classic ghost stories of all time fictional now we're talking fiction okay but uh so let's get you know, more of a on the lines of English literature, I guess you could say, but uh, but yeah, my my big three are ghosts, Bigfoot, and UFOs. And um, the ghost stuff, I really don't talk much about. I've had uh, I've had I've had an encounter here or there. I've seen something or other, but I don't something I just don't talk about. Right. Bigfoot, I have never seen. UFO, I have seen. Okay. I did see a UFO uh, in 1987. Um, I was in a car with my first wife and a friend of in the back seat, my wife at that point in time said, "Look, Tony," and I looked, and there it was up up behind the sky. It was not an airplane. It was not a helicopter. It was not a balloon. Hmm. No, it was a round object traveling from left to right, roundish, spheroid object, classic UFO. And it from as it approached the cloud that was to its right, a beam of light came out from the object onto the sky. It was like a um, you know the greater than sign? I don't know what else it might be called. Uh, right, right. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right. So it was like that, the greater than sign shooting out with a beautiful blue color from behind the craft. Wow. I said, holy cow, look at that. We were at a red light, by the way. Wow. So the t- light turns green. I got to go. So I pulled right over naturally. The craft flew behind a cloud. However, it did not emerge from behind the cloud. And we sat there waiting for it to come out, but it never came out. Wow. It never came out. So that was a true unidentified, that was a classic UFO, and that was my best sighting. I've seen a few other things here or there. You know, I've never seen a cryptid anywhere, mm. and uh, so, anyways, those are my big three, and uh, they're all very fascinating to me. And I like to watch these programs on TV. You know, paranormal, nine one one, you know, haunted hospitals—exceedingly fascinating. These are professionals. You know, these are uh, EMT, ambulance—the people who go out and pick people up who are bring them to the hospital. Hospital workers. There was a maintenance guy the other night with his fascinating and terrifying story. And And the doctors and nurses sometimes also appear on the program, you know, so on these programs. So just uh, the whole the whole thing fascinates me. These are there's just never ending stories uh, on these three topics. So those, Ricky, I don't I can't say I'm not going to rank them. You know, I could Mm -hmm. rank Mm -hmm. one of the others, maybe, but not really, because all three uh, are of intense interest to me. That's the best way I can put it, Ricky. Intense with a capital I.
0: Right. Right. And let me ask you a question. In your opinion, considering everything that you know about those three phenomena, do you believe that they're connected somehow?
1: Well, there is a UFO-Bigfoot connection. Um, There appears to be. There were some sightings uh, in 1973. There there were a wave of sightings in Pennsylvania. And in a very famous uh, episode there, um, there's a gentleman up in Pennsylvania who's been investigating these things for many decades. He's older than me. I've seen him several times. I attended paranormal conferences in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania back in 2004 and 2005 back to back. I drove up, by the way and uh so I, I got to meet him and i saw him at a uh at a horror convention years ago also and uh, he was a guest up there in pennsylvania also as a matter of fact yeah. so he was on the ground that night the night of the, uh, the ufo landed in the woods uh of, of this uh, in this rural area and shortly thereafter there was a, a sighting of a Bigfoot, or uh, at least one of them if not more than one so the thinking was well the fact that this thing landed could be related to the, this creature having been seen on that very same night. And so there was an author in California, I forget his name, Ricky, and he wrote one book uh, that I'm aware of, and it was on that topic, on UFO, Bigfoot sightings, and uh, but I read it years ago. And he's the friend of a famous Bigfooter in California who puts out a monthly newsletter, by the way. It's the last printed newsletter on this topic. There used to be several. I used to subscribe to another one, by the way. And in that other one, I wrote in, I wrote in with something. I don't know it was a letter of comment or I sent something into them. And on their very last issue ever, I was published, you know, in that newsletter. Oh wow. really cool, but unfortunately it was the last one, you know. Yeah,
2: wow. <laughs> it
1: ceased to exist. Uh. Now this guy... Uh, Uh, has run this for I tell say he's uh, 25 years I think that he's been uh, putting out this newsletter on on Bigfoot which is incredible I don't think there's anything close remotely close uh, in terms of durability something that's lasted that long Uh, now Saucer Smear yes was also published for decades by uh, Jim Mosley but anyways Ricky all three topics uh, again are are of great interest to me and so I, uh, I read books on all three watch TV on all three Expedition Bigfoot is getting getting ready to start season three. I'm not sure when it's going to start. They went to Alaska. I don't. Have you been watching those episodes? The first two seasons, Ricky?
0: No, I haven't had a chance to watch those. The last thing that I watched was. Um, Great
1: stuff, Ricky. Great stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because I, oh, I I, you, you I, I you wasn't must. I wasn't even aware that that was even on TV or I just didn't pay attention, which sometimes is the case because I'll just my thing is watching Ancient Aliens on Fridays if if and when it ever comes out because now they're just doing a bunch of crazy Crazy stuff. I feel like with Ancient Aliens, it's been a bunch of uh, compilations and a bunch of. Well, more recently, it's been it's been a little bit better. They're talking about some more interesting things, but I felt like um, it got. They were kind of repeating some things here and there. Uh, and then we got in. I got into Ginwalker uh, Walker Ranch. I don't know if you got to see that. Oh
1: yeah, I watch. I watched every single episode. It's been on for several seasons. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just. I'm just completely. Fantastic fat. stuff. I remember uh, actually. Now they were mentioning that. I remember. You know, years ago, even even before it was a thing, I remember you and Dad talking about Bigelow Ranch before it was even Skinwalker Ranch, right? And,
2: oh, yes, of course.
0: And how uh, all sorts of uh, really uh, scary, frightening occurrences happened there. And the people that worked there gave all these bizarre testimonies and very frightening testimonies of things that were happening to them and in fact now we're seeing that in the end some of the these uh episodes uh as well right people are having physical ailments and they're seeing uh you know ufo activity in the skies it's just oh yes it's just absolutely fascinating and
1: they're fil- not only are they seeing they're and they're filming, filming it right <laughs> you know, which is also incredible when you think about it but there it is uh, but uh yeah it's a fantastic program there was a book written by uh, co-written by a famous ufologist uh, he's a reporter in las vegas and i had the great good fortune to see him at a conference that i attended in las vegas in 2006 i was able to attend that conference because my uh now deceased stomp decided to send her nieces and nephews a present shall we say monetary in nature and i said well let <laughs> me see what conference might be going on you know <laughs> and I, I used a little bit of the money to attend the the conference the only one I've been to uh, other than the the one we went to in California that was in 2006 in Las Vegas and he was there and he gave a great presentation so he co-wrote a book on the uh, on the ranch years ago and uh, it's a good one because it has uh, information on the people who lived there initially or originally right, and on you. the stuff that they that they experienced it's, it's great stuff yeah. I agree it's just great stuff That's... listen it if I may, if you don't mind me making a plug for a publication, Ricky, uh, Daniel Perez in California has, as I mentioned earlier, well, I didn't mention his name, but he publishes Bigfoot Times. Okay. And uh, it comes out monthly. Now, this gentleman is the uh, writer, the editor, the reporter, though he does have other people that write into him mm-hmm. or will sometimes will write, you know, a, a short article on, on their visit to a they put conference, let's say. There's letters to the editor, and there's also, um, you know, people will let him know when books are being published so he has a section usually on books that are being published and uh so if you're interested in the topic i i know i assume some of your listeners are i know you are you know it's a, it's a publication you might want to consider subscribing to and uh it's www.bigfoottimes.net and uh you can go on there and you can go ahead if you wish and uh put in a subscription it's relatively inexpensive and the information is invaluable to bigfooters not only nationwide but worldwide it really is it's a fantastic publication comes out on a monthly basis 25 years and counting for mr paris wow good stuff ricky trust
0: me we're gonna have to check it out we're gonna have to get on that and start reading we're gonna have to start reading up we're gonna start reading up up on a lot of stuff tony
1: <laughs> and uh, he would be an outstanding guest uh, for your program if he were willing to appear. And uh, so he's a, you know, he works for a living. And so he's, he's busy, but he I know he goes to a lot of Bigfoot conferences. There's a lot of them out west. I've never been to one, Ricky.
0: You know, I've never been to a Bigfoot conference. You're believe kidding. it or not, I've You're never kidding. Been to one. I can't believe that.
1: It's true. I've seen Bigfooters at the uh, conferences that I drove up to in Peck and Gettysburg in 04 and 05. They did have a Bigfooter from Pennsylvania there. And so, you know, I saw his presentation, of course. Needless to say, I was in attendance, but I've never been to a Bigfoot conference. Uh, I wanted desperately to go to one a few years ago, but I just you know just couldn't do it. I didn't have the money.
2: Yeah,
1: well. <laughs> so the we're we're blessed to have this Bigfoot Museum where you now he's you know you can have a conference there per se, but he's had fantastic guests and he has an area where people can sit down. You know and the people give the presentation in front and there's room you know there's room to sit down and so forth. He's got you know rows and rows of chairs. So but all of this was pre pandemic, Ricky. You know, and so as far as I know. You know, and I, I do check the site on occasion. Of course, uh, he has not had a uh, anything like that since uh, the pandemic broke out three years ago. It was in March three years ago. I think the last time they had a, a guest, a famous guest from Out West that was coming, and he uh, he had to cancel out because the whole thing, you know, the thing was breaking out big time in March three years ago. And so they had to cancel that. I think that was the last one that was scheduled. So uh, that's affected everyone's lives as we know adversely. So, but anyways maybe in the future they'll have they'll once again have uh, interesting and fascinating guests from the world of Bigfoot so it's not exactly close by to me but you know it's within it's obviously within driving distance I've been there any number of times so there's other other Bigfoot museums and you've got a uh, a cryptozoological museum which I visited in 2012 up in Maine Uh, Lauren Coleman who's a very famous cryptozoologist runs it you know it's right there in Portland Hmm. I think he's moving uh, I think he's in the process of moving from the, uh, the place where I where I saw him at. and uh, when I visited him, I think my, my friend Bobby told me that he's moving to another location I believe. Uh, and then I pulled him up recently inadvertently actually and from what I read he was moving. He's, he's got like two locations right now. I guess he's in the process of moving and so he's open like in two locations on different dates so and so forth. but for the folks up in the, the northern part of New York, If they're interested in cryptozoology, they might want to drive up uh, to Loren Coleman's museum, his uh, cryptozoological museum up there in Maine, if it's not too terribly far away. And, of course, he's a very, very famous cryptozoologist. He's been on TV for decades. It's no telling how many books Mr. Coleman has written, also on the topic, by the way. So he's a very interesting gentleman going back many decades. And uh, you know it's good to support that kind of endeavor, especially if it's in close proximity to where you live. If you can ever make it up there, you should. Mm -hmm. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy the trip.
0: Yeah, and you'll
1: enjoy the museum and meeting Mr. Coleman too.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna have to put that. (laughs) Gonna have to put that on the list of things to to do. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, and we just need more time. Is what we need. Oh my goodness, yeah. But I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to go check that out because that sounds fascinating, and you know, I love all that stuff. So, of course,
1: you must go. It's and, and, must it's, go.
0: And, and it's and it's close. And it's close enough, right? It's not like you.
1: That, indeed, it is to where you are.
0: So, yes. Yeah. So uh,
1: not so with me. I I've not, got, so I've I have got no excuse to museum go. Museum down here, you
0: know. Right. <laughs> right.
1: And uh, so, but you've got that up there, and I've been to it. And I enjoyed it very much. And, uh, you will too, you know, it's a smallish museum. These things are now, you know, this is not the Smithsonian you're visiting. These are smallish museums, but they're fascinating. And again, the people who run it are very interesting always. And they meet a lot of interesting people. and have a lot of interesting tales to tell. Yeah. Mr. Coleman has written numerous books. Mm. So I think you would enjoy a visit to, uh, to his museum in Maine. It's another plug, but what can I say? It's well worth, uh, someone's time, in my opinion, if you're interested in these topics, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh now that we're on the subject of Bigfoot, cause I feel like we brought him up a few times. Can I tell you a little bit about, you know, what I've, you know, and this is very general, of course, this is stuff that probably, you know, and you know, people that are listening may or may not know about Bigfoot and, uh, just kind of want to talk a little bit about Bigfoot. Cause I think it is a very interesting, uh, would you, you would you, first of all, would you consider him a cryptid?
1: Oh, absolutely a cryptid that may okay. arguably, along with the Loch Ness Monster, and by the way, I've been to Loch Ness, arguably the most famous cryptid uh, alongside the Loch Ness Monster. Those two, I would say one and two, you can juggle them any way you like, but yes, it is definitely a cryptid.
0: Okay, because when I read John Keel's book, Strange Creatures from Time and Space, I see ongoing themes in the different Bigfoots that are... Seen and so first of all, he's big. He's about seven feet tall. In some cases, even bigger. I think some case and some reports of the Yeti. They say that he was slightly bigger. They uh, unusually have. I don't know if this again goes for all Bigfoots and the Yeti. I don't know. Again, if it's two different things, um, but they say that the uh, the foreheads have no hair, the hands have no hair, the feet have no hair, and what that, you know, a little on a little side note, that reminds me of the Twilight Zone episode of the creature on the wing episode of William Shatner. <laughs> so, oh yeah. For some reason, yeah, yeah. for some reason, that's, that's
1: nightmare. The, uh, the title of the uh, program you're referring to is Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet.
0: Correct. Correct. That's yes, a, a classic. A classic. Right. So that's what. So in my mind, that's kind of. That's kind of what Bigfoot looks like in my head. Now, you know, again, they talk about uh, the size of the feet, um, the uh, length of the strides. The you touched on this earlier, how seemingly uh, he'll be walking o- across a, a road, or he'll be just walking by, you know, just kind of doing his own thing, and then he'll just kind of look at you funny. The smell. That I think is very interesting because the smell is reported on almost all all the ones that I read in his book. Some they had something to say about the smell, right. uh, the elusiveness of them. You know, um, yes, that's fascinating to me. Uh, some reports, uh, and this is you know, th- and this is coming from my dad also, who he's fascinated by too. Of course, he said uh, that some are seen around high voltage power lines, and my dad's theory is that. That he is an interdimensional that uses the high uh, voltage of the of and, and I guess you know the high electromagnetic fields in those areas in order to come in and out of wherever uh, Bigfoot's from. You know uh one of the reports that i read uh, of the yeti said that the eyes glowed yes. i think that was pretty fascinating too um but that is but that, that is different than you know let's say the patterson gimlin bigfoot which did not seem to have glowing eyes now we don't know no, because no. you know we weren't close up but um what else um the 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 noise that it makes like a shriek or a baby's cry is common, right, throughout. Uh,
1: well, I wouldn't say it's common, but the creatures have been known to do two things. Actually, it's terrifying to me. Yeah. And that is to mimic the sound of a baby crying. You're correct.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And the other one is to mimic a woman's voice crying for help. Oh, wow. Yes. So, no, it's not common, but yes, it does happen. I've read of it happening, and... Uh, it's terrifying to me because it's like the thing is trying to draw you in, you know. Right. Tried to draw you towards it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, is it for a nefarious purpose? People disappear in the woods. We haven't even touched about the mis- uh, touched on the missing four one one books, Ricky. And we're not going to today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But <laughs> anybody interested in the topic of people disappearing in the books need to check out the missing four one one books. I've read them all except one but I've read them all otherwise by David Paulides, uh, Bigfoot researcher and missing persons researcher, both. He's a retired police officer. He started as a Bigfoot researcher, and then he really has turned into more of a missing persons researcher. His books are also most excellent. And uh, so people are vanishing, Ricky. They are vanished from the forest. They vanish under mysterious circumstances. Who's taking them and where are they taking them to? Sometimes these people are found and they're confused as to where they've been especially children, you know, children will say, well, a bear took care of me and gave me berries to eat. Right, you know stuff like that crazy stuff like that we know bears don't do that they're not going to give you berries you know but these are children we're talking about so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to go too far off base with that but uh, it's never ending Ricky never yeah. ending but the uh, Paul Ives books is his first two books uh, missing 404 I'm sorry missing 411 East missing 411 West superb absolute superb and also must reading underline those two words <laughs> the the case. Of are so shocking, some of them. They're shocking and disturbing, Ricky. That's all I can tell you. Some of these disappearances. But anyways,
0: yeah, will I mean, keep you up uh, at night. That, yeah, it, it's that, absolutely terrifying.
1: That, that, that might keep you up at night.
0: No, Yeah, it's absolutely terrifying, especially since I used to be an avid uh, hiker, you know, and uh, I'm almost 100% sure that every time we've gone camping we've been visited by bears now bigfoot i don't know but hey you, you never know uh because that's 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 bigfoot's territory not ours that's for sure
1: well listen a little uh <clears throat> something to suggest to you if you go hiking he um paul i suggests in his books some of them anyways never be the last person in line <laughs> now it sounds like you know like a hilarious joke unfortunately unfortunately especially from one gentleman here in in uh, in, the, in one of our states here in the south several years ago he was the last person in line and he vanished from the face of the earth and so that happens many times not many times but on occasion never be last in line he says never be last in line another one i would add to you is don't go picking berries in the wild Right. Just don't do it, you know? Some other type of creatures like to do that, and... You know it's in your best interest
0: not to mess with their <laughs> food it
1: varies yeah. in the middle of nowhere <laughs> when there's a possibility of, of these creatures being there and they're just about everywhere ricky you yeah. know yeah so be very very careful also there's a device that you can use you can purchase it on amazon that they can track you down to within 10 feet of your location if you're lost in the wild Right. okay this this device is an expensive device but you can find it on amazon.com but i don't remember the name of it i do not have one myself i really don't go hiking in the woods so uh just bringing it to your attention
2: well thanks Uh,
1: so anyways well anyways ricky you know it's been great talking to you uh we've covered a lot of topics tonight and uh so maybe we'll, we'll do this again some other time if you wish
0: absolutely i'd love to you know and um there's so many more topics that I'd love to talk about. In fact, you know, the first few episodes, uh, I touch on the UFO phenomena. Uh, I know that we've been on the phone for a, a long time now, but I don't know if there's something in, in parting. We can make this the last thing if you'd like, if you'd like to either share a story. Uh, you did share your story of uh, your encounter, but I don't know if there's any other story that you could share right before we go here about uh, UFOs so that we can talk about it. On uh, the UFO episode,
1: well, I've, I've you know I've seen on a few other occasions I've seen unusual things in the sky, Ricky. Uh, in 1999 and 2001, I saw them all. So I saw something in the sky that I couldn't I couldn't figure out what it was. I, it was on a classic UFO. It was it was an object, but it was kind of dispersed. It was really weird, and I cannot really describe. It's indescribable. The second time it happened in 2001, I called 911. Wow! I called uh, uh, I called for a police officer to come out, and uh, because I wanted, it was really early in the morning, and uh, I wanted someone else to see this, basically. And the uh, 911 operator said to me, We do not send police officers out on UFO calls. I said, Okay, (laughs) thank you on, you know, that was that, that wow. was even of that. But uh, I don't know, a series of lights in the distance, it was, it's hard to describe, it's a very hard to describe Ricky. So it wasn't a classic UFO by any means. Hmm. You know, I know other people who've seen them in different, uh, you know, different areas, but uh, I don't remember all the details. I have an aunt of mine who saw one when she was young, and they were all terrified of what they saw, the thing got, you know, they saw it in the sky in close proximity to their car and so forth, but nothing really happened, the thing, the thing took off finally, but they were all scared and terrified because in it's back in the 1950s or so because this is something that wasn't not a lot of people knew about these things you know and uh, they couldn't imagine what it was but later on i guess she she realized what it actually was you know a flying saucer a ufo so lots of stuff like that lots of stories out there ricky I know. so check out check out the books uh that i suggested to you and i suggested to, uh, also to your listeners and check out the uh, the bigfoot times uh you know it's a minimal amount It's relatively inexpensive and um you know it's it's put out by a dedicated Bigfooter and uh it's just great stuff <laughs> it's just a real bargain where else are you going to get that nowhere else this is the last, the last of its kind the last publication of its kind left
0: well so, definitely gonna have to anyways
1: repeat, out. it's been it's been a lot of fun talking to you today of course and uh i'm glad we were able to touch on all these topics i hope you uh, you and your listeners found it interesting
0: I will, absolutely. Can I ask you one more question before we
2: go? Of course,
0: of course. <laughs> so, again, going back to where we were talking about Bigfoot, and I, I should have asked you this question earlier, and I apologize for not having asked you That's earlier. all right. What, in, your, in your opinion, what is Bigfoot? What is he?
1: You know, Ricky, no one really knows the answer to that, as you know and so you know there's there's many different theories some say it's an extraterrestrial because they have been seen you know in, in proximity to ufos but it's not like it's only happened once ricky that's the thing it's happened many times the pennsylvania case arguably is the, the one that's the best known one from 1973 however it's happened on many 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 occasions where these things have been seen where ufos have been seen on on the tv show expedition bigfoot they had a light they're in the middle of nowhere. All right. And this exped- these expeditions are out in the middle of nowhere in the forest. And uh, there's this light up in the sky, upright behind the tree you can't quite see it you can see the light but you don't know what it is what is that doing out here where is this light coming from in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the of these dark forests that they're you know that they're going to i think the first season they went uh, they went to kentucky and the second season they went out west and so the third season i only know this because some fans posted it on some uh, fan facebook page they uh, they were sighted and photographed some of them anyways in alaska so i think there are thirty season will be in Alaska. So, you know, what are these mysterious lights? What are these lights associated with Bigfoot sightings? Mm-hmm. Another guy says he's made contact with these creatures. He wrote a book about it. He was He's a doctor, and he uh, he had a famous sighting back in 2000 or 2001. It was in, uh, if I remember correctly, on USA Today. So he was out west somewhere, and he's climbing. Uh, he's there with his wife and child. And so he, um, he climbs, I don't know if it's on top of a ridge or something. It was something... Possibly circular in nature, though, that he climbs up and he looks down at his wife and child. They they elected not to go up with him, I guess. So as he looks down to see them from a height, I don't know how far up he was, he sees a creature looking, in turn, looking at his wife and child farther down from him. He was petrified. The first thing he says that crossed his mind was, you mean these things are real? Those those That's a that's a quote. Wow. That's the first thing he thought to himself. You mean this, these things are real? He was terrified. Why? Because he was spying. You know, he was looking down on it, spying on his wife and child. So he, he's a doctor. So he got a lot of play in the media. He's been on TV, too. So he's become a researcher. And so he says he's made contact with these creatures. And, you know, it's a wild story. I can't get into all of it uh, right now, Ricky, but it's yeah. a wild story. He has this place where he interacts with these creatures. Others have been there with him. I've read a few, you know, an article or two about it. it's It's kind of scary, to be honest with you, you yeah. know. And uh, this is inter, interdimensional stuff, and I, I think it's potentially dangerous, in my opinion, also. So I, I don't know. It could be interdimensional. The Native Americans, every single Native American tribe in the United States has stories related to these creatures. Mm. They have stories of them carrying women and children off uh, going back many, many years. There's a famous cave out west. I forget what state it's in, Ricky, where the uh, Native American tribe was basically in a war with these creatures they were wow. uh these creatures were eating humans you know they were cannibalistic mm-hmm. so that's a famous story wow. and so they were able to trap them inside of cage i'm sorry inside of a cave and uh, kill them they supposedly killed them and uh so you know just fantastic and fascinating tales from the past wow those tales are never ending so i don't know ricky the answer is i don't know i really don't know what these things are uh where they're from or what they're doing here but they're here Mm-hmm. There's no question that they're here. And uh, right. some of them are uh, are very aggressive, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a number of sightings that I've read of where the creatures have been, have been very aggressive, throwing tr- uh, branches, throwing rocks. That if the rock hits you, it can kill you. If it hits right. you in the head, it'll kill you. Yeah, And uh, branches, trees thrown also. So uh, all sorts of fascinating stories like that of these creatures being, uh, you know, very, very aggressive and wanting the people to get out of wherever they are. They've encountered them. So if that ever happens to you, if you, you still go hiking, they're in North New York. And remember, they are up there. They have been seen up there. Mm-hmm. And so be very, very careful. Yeah. You know, I would not mess with these creatures. I really wouldn't, you know, especially if it starts howling at throwing rocks at you or whatever, i
0: get the heck out. Yeah, you'd have to say that twice. I I would be out of there. You wouldn't see my shadow. Unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, share all these stories with me tonight. Tony, thank you very much for being on the show. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully having some more episodes with you on it. And um, thanks again for giving us your insight. And I can't wait for the next time that, that we talk on ricky's mysteries
2: well ricky
1: thank you for having me on your podcast i've never been on a podcast before uh so uh is this a a new experience for me but i enjoyed being on there with you and talking with you about these interesting topics and again thank you for uh thank you for having me on
0: thank you tony i really appreciate it
1: all righty well you take care now ricky
0: you too Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. If you're a fan of the show and would like to see me dedicate more time to this than my day job, And you'll also help feed the two ferocious barking cryptids here. Please visit the Patreon link at patreon.com backslash Mysteries. You can drop us a line at Mysteries at gmail.com. If you have anything you'd like to share, and maybe we'll have you on the show. Our photo content is on Instagram and our podcast can be found on Acast. Until then, I'm looking forward to seeing you all next time on Ricky's Mysteries and the Supernatural. Now get out there and find the truth.